Hey, y'all, we wanted to share with you some of the fun we've been having over on Patreon. An annual subscription to our Patreon gets you access to our archive of hundreds of posts and all new bonus content each week, all year long. We're bringing you short clips from some of our Patreon bonus content to give you an idea of everything you get when you sign up to support the show. If you like what you hear and want to hear more, click the link in the episode description or head to Sinisterhood.com and click on Patreon on the top menu. First, you're going to hear a clip from our segment, Unpopular Opinions, where I am personally attacked for wearing gym shoes with my jean pants. <laughs> Next, you'll hear a clip from our mini-sode on Havana Syndrome, involving more cases, more lawsuits, and dueling government agency, all pointing fingers in different directions. Then you'll hear a clip from our Dear Sinister Advice segment, where we answer a question on being mansplained to at work. And finally, we got a clip from Judge Christie where the Honorable Judge rules on one man's liability for the testicular injury of another via an incident with an insect. And we have gotten a lot of feedback on this A lot of feedback on this one. (laughs) Don't forget, we have tons of video content for you on Patreon as well. We do a monthly Q&A where we answer the top 20 questions you ask us. We also do a monthly live stream where we perform our bonus content live for you. This month we did Am I the Asshole Live? And it was so much fun. And for a special Valentine's Day bonus, we also roasted a Hallmark movie live on Crowdcast. If you missed the stream live, you can still watch the video archive on demand where we play a cheesy uh, Valentine's Day again. It's a fantastic Hallmark movie and crack jokes over it and scream at an injury that happens on screen. We were all left with a lot of questions at the end of this film, but a lot of a lot of laughs and good memories as well. (laughs) What a movie. We plan on doing another one this summer as well. I mean, it turns out there's a Hallmark movie for every season. what they're doing over there at Hallmark. We also spent each Friday in February doing Docuary, where we watched a documentary, then went live on Crowdcast to discuss. You can also check out the archive versions of these on demand as well. Subscribe today and get ad-free regular episodes, hundreds of past bonus episodes, and on-demand archives of all the video live streams. And you can be a part of the fun we'll have all throughout the rest of the year. Head to the link in the episode description or go to Sinisterhood.com and click on Patreon on the top banner to sign up today. We'll go ahead and start with uh, one of our fashion-related ones. Wearing jeans with running shoes is a dead giveaway that someone is a nerd. <laughs> okay, define running shoes. Like well, says, New Balance? I think yes. so. It's, it says, this is my experience on a college campus. Every time I've seen someone wearing jeans and running shoes, turns out they're a nerd. In the warmer days, they often pair their bottoms with a graphic tee of some kind, usually one that's not tailored. Who tailor in their graphic tees? <laughs> anyway, in colder days, they are seen wearing a pullover or zip-up hoodie. I'm not saying jeans don't look good. I am saying that running shoes don't look good with the jeans. Uh, je- running shoes on their own are fine. Pairing them together is a telltale sign that said person is minimally fashionable and a nerd. Most often, they're STEM majors, usually comp sci. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with nerds. I actually consider myself a nerd, although I'm more of a nerd in disguise since I would not wear jeans and running shoes. Okay, I think this person has a point. Although, New Balance and like clunky sneakers with jeans are now coming back and are very Gen Z and like the hip new thing to do. Please tell me that because every day of my life, right now I'm wearing yoga pants and a sweatshirt, but on the days that I wear jeans and I like go to run errands, I have all birds running shoes uh and I wear my jeans with my all birds and I wear it with a pullover in the cold weather. I have like a three quarter like button snap pullover with all birds to me are different than like 
big clunky Nikes are these are clunky Allbirds. These are the like they have like a thick sole. I've seen your Allbirds and they I don't to me I'm thinking of like like when the whole trend on TikTok with the Home Depot sound was going around with like dads. Um, You're like so much hipper than me. <laughs> How? I don't know any of this. <laughs> oh, it was really funny. It would be like the Home Depot, you know, like their song, and it would just be like dads doing stuff. But a lot of them were like always commenting on how the dads would be in like jeans and New Balance or like cargo shorts and New Balance and everything. But over Christmas break, my brother who is into sneakers, he's not like a sneakerhead, but he likes like nice um hip sneakers he was saying how like that's the trend now and it's coming back and if you look at tiktok and stuff but it's usually not it's people aren't wearing like well i don't even think uh skinny jeans are hip anymore but i still wear them but it's more like baggy like oversized jeans with those types of shoes yeah which i I won't wear those I have baggy. I usually am wearing my baggy jeans with them because I bought. I went out on a limb and bought non skinny jeans. And what this, kind of fit the, is it? Like, is it boot cut, straight leg, straight leg, potato sack, <laughs> straight leg, potato sack? Is that how old jeans, Navy classified? He will. He will burn with embarrassment when I tell this story. But we were out and we got in the car. I was wearing these. To be fair, they are heinous like i would never wear them on stage i literally wear them to run errands what your jeans the jeans this certain pair of jeans i've since received in my stitch fix box i got two new pairs of jeans that are very fitted and tailored and they're very cute but these i bought like on on a clearance rack because they were like comfortable and they're like i said they're errand running jeans Mm -hmm. they're the ones i wear with my and not my black flat albers i have like the tree breezers but these are like the running shoes they're like okay maybe i've seen you in the flat ones Oh yeah, you've seen the tree breezers. Those are like flat. Those are just like anomalous, uh, anonymous black flats. Like you wouldn't know what they were. These are bright blue running shoes with a thick white sole. Okay, um, I think I have seen you in those. Yeah, yeah, I it could be worth meeting. But I was wearing these jeans in Paris. So sweet. Just goes. Maybe maybe one day we could go shopping and buy you some new jeans. Oh God. <laughs> and I was like, had you made uh, a comment prior to that saying I'm embarrassed no. of my jeans? No. Nothing which had been was, talked about with your jeans. No, he just was said the conversation this. we had subsequent. And he was just like, he's on his side, he's extremely fashionable. And he always looks like on point when we go out. Even if we go out at 8 a.m. on a Saturday morning to a coffee shop just to write, he looks very fashionable. I look like a trash bag a lot of times <laughs> on purpose. Like we're going to have a show tonight and I am I have a very cute pair of jeans and a new sweater and I'm excited to wear them. Yeah. But for the most part, I just wear these jeans. But now I give him a lot of shit. And now that I bought these jeans, he was like mortified though that he said it. But he like, here's the thing. He's right. Those are not like, I should not wear those jeans. They're I gotta not see cute. these jeans. They're bad. I'm not wearing them to the show tonight. They're are they the ones so- that were you wearing them recently and you rolled them up? No those, are, no, those are some old Navy jeans. I like those. Those are pretty good. Yeah, because those, those didn't look bad. No, those are well-fitted. No, these are the, like, slouchy. They're probably, at, at this point, at least two sizes too big. Oh, they were wow. just really soft and comfortable, um, but they're definitely, like, around-the-house jeans. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got some so, of those. Th- I, but I wore my around-the-house jeans out, again, with gym shoes <laughs> and a three-quarter Yikesies. pullover. So I this exact... <laughs> 
when he said, I see someone like that and I think they're a nerd, A, you're right. STEM major, eh, wrong. But minimally fashionable, also yes. <laughs> but Stitch Fix is helping uh, very much. So. I used to care so much what I look like when I would go out. I still do care if, like, I'm going, like, for the show tonight, I will look nice. Not mm-hmm. even just because it's part of the dress code, but because yeah. I want, I that's how yeah. I want to present myself. But if I'm, like, going to Target, I'm usually wearing either jeans and flats of some sort or booties and a shirt. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm wearing, like, running shoes, I'll wear yoga pants. Yeah, I'll wear yoga pants and running shoes. I, if it were up to me, I would wear the same clothes every day. I would wear, like, black mm-hmm. yoga tights and, like, a uh, well, long sleeve. You, so do it. Yeah. Who's that's true. Long sleeve can't. You're your own boss. I'm going to throw all my clothes out and only wear the same. I'm going to do it like Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg, Elizabeth, what's her face, home style, just wear the same thing every day. But I, I have now with Stitch Fix because I think I felt overwhelmed when I would go shopping. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, I don't really know what matches. So I would either have to text uh, my friend Megan, who is very fashionable and has very good taste and be like, does this go with this? Is this so every time I get my Stitch Fix box, I'm like, this is my Stitch Fix fine. So she's like, keep it all. Mm-hmm. But, uh, because I, I just don't know, I just didn't know what to pick. And so it's good that someone else is now picking it for me. This is not to turn into a Stitch Fix ad. I'm just saying, I don't know. <laughs> I need professional help. Right. This is me saying in a lot of areas of my life, organization, clothing, <laughs> cleaning, I need professional help, psychology. And that's when you know to outsource things. Because you're smart, you're smart enough to know these are areas that I could use a little bit of assistance in. We all have those. Hmm. Uh, all right. Along those fashionish lines, this unpopular opinion, tuxedos slash suits or any formal wear today that evolved during the 1800s shouldn't exist anymore. <laughs> First of all. Lindsay also alleges that the State Department discriminated against him for speaking up about his persistent symptoms. He also accuses the State Department of using outdated equipment in a security sweep of his apartment, looking for microwave interference. According to the suit, the officer conducting the sweep explained that the Diplomatic Security Deputy Assistant Secretary of State had expressly requested that this inferior device be used for the search. The suit remains pending. It's the longest title I've ever heard in my it's life. So long. <laughs> that uh seems like maybe he was told yeah, I mean he was told, hey, use this equipment that isn't gonna pick anything up. You know, we can say that we did it, but mm-hmm. we're gonna do it half assed. And his lawyers asked other experts in the field and said, if you were truly looking for microwave technology, would you use item A, B, or C? They used item A. And the experts go, you would never use item A. It doesn't mm-hmm. work. It's not going to pick anything up. And it's like, oh. That's why we used it. You know, interesting mm-hmm. that they said, no, this device has to be used. Mm-hmm. Another victim, Mike Beck, a former counterintelligence officer with the Secretive National Security Agency, sued the Defense Department in late December. His attack resulted in a rare, early-onset form of Parkinson's disease. His key piece of evidence came in the form of a 2014 memo from the National Security Agency, confirming that There is intelligence information from 2012 associating the hostile country to which Mr. Beck traveled in the 1990s with a high-powered microwave system weapon that may have the ability to weaken, intimidate, or kill an enemy over time and without leaving evidence. 
The memo confirmed that such a weapon is designed to bathe the target's living quarters in microwaves, causing numerous physical effects, including a damaged nervous system. The NSA claimed it had no evidence whether such a weapon was or was not used against Mike Beck. This is kind of a smoking gun because it is from the agency itself. I mean, it's on their letterhead. They confirmed that they gave him this memo. I imagine somebody up top's like, why the fuck would you write that and mm-hmm. give that to somebody? Write but it and regret it. I, exactly. And But now you're saying, you know, if you have some experts saying, well, there are, you know, whether it's the experts in Cuba or any other experts going, well, there's no such thing that could ever do this. Mm-hmm. The NSA is sitting here confirming it. And in that documentary, uh, the NBC documentary, they go back to the 70s and this type of technology was being in the early stages of development in like 1977, I want to say. So it's 2022 now. So they've mm-hmm. had time. They've had time to work on it. And in 1990, they had also mm-hmm. had time as well. Yeah. I don't think anybody takes a job thinking, at the end of this, I'm going to have Parkinson's. I mean, early. you would never work for a place if that was what was going to happen. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. And especially early onset, which with a degenerative disease mm-hmm. is a death sentence. Mm-hmm. In late December, President Biden signed the National Defense Authorization Act into law with $30 million allocated to treat Havana syndrome victims, but instead used the words anomalous health incidents or AHIs. Pursuant to the bill, the president will appoint a senior official to lead a government-wide effort in determining the cause of the AHIs and coordinate a response. And that may be the key that, like you said, whether it's technically really a neutral third party, but just at least one or two. One person or a task force that says we are going to talk to Department of Defense, NSA, FBI, CIA, so that it's coordinated and not siloed off. So maybe some movement can happen. Will there be movement happening when even though those are all different departments, they all are under the same umbrella? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if everyone wants this to stay undercover, then... I don't know who gives the final say of of this kind of stuff. Is it the president? Is it probably not? He's probably kept out of this just for uh, save his own ass. But somebody's saying like, nah, this is I mean, it's the government. They keep things secret all the time. Well, and you're now facing these civil lawsuits where if you go, we knew or should have known as early back, if not the 90s, at least 2012, 2014, whenever that memo was released by the NSA, we had knowledge that this was a possibility and didn't warn anybody and Mm -hmm. didn't. And now your injuries are caused by the exact thing that we knew was happening to others. And you are the government. So you have a ton of cash at your disposal Mm -hmm. to say, here's $30 million. We'll we'll settle with everyone. Mm -hmm. We're not, you know, I mean, but you have early onset Parkinson's. Do you really care? Yeah. You be given all the money in the world. Your life's been taken from you. Mm Mm-hmm. In early January of 2022, more officials were struck by what are now referred to as AHI symptoms. While details were scant, the attacks happened in Geneva, Switzerland and Paris, France. One of the three diplomats impacted in Geneva had to be medically evacuated back to the U.S. With these, the total number of diplomats and U.S. officials impacted topped 750 cases. And I've read even upwards of 1,000 now. Mm Mm-hmm. In mid-January, a subset of officials at the CIA released an interim report concluding that, for most of those 750 cases, the cause was not a sustained global campaign by a hostile power. Rather, the ailments were most likely caused by environmental factors, 
previously undiagnosed conditions, and stress, according to the New York Times. The agency conceded that in about two dozen cases, it was unable to rule out foreign involvement, including many cases that came out of Havana in 2016. However, an intelligence official briefed on the results claimed that the CIA just kind of struck out on their own. The group Advocacy for Victims of Havana Syndrome responded, saying, We have reason to believe the interim report does not even represent the consensus of the full CIA, instead reflecting the views of a subset of officials most interested in resolution and closure. Regardless of the expansiveness of the report, an official commented, Even two dozen cases is a lot of cases if Americans were attacked. CIA Director Bill Burns said in a statement, while we have reached some significant interim findings, we're not done. We will continue the mission to investigate these incidents and provide access to world-class care for those who need it. The investigation into the cause of those remaining cases remains ongoing. They said they're also trying to invest to develop a battery of tests so that there would be some consistency and not just everybody that has, you know, a headache could call in or right. everybody that has ear pain can call in that it has to be these certain tests, these certain um issues with performance and then then they would move on to the next and say yes you're a screening process yeah they're trying to figure something out consistent because i think too across agencies it's all just been slapdash like the fbi tests different than the cia tests different than the nsa tests different than the dod yeah some uh criticized them for opening it up to like if you've experienced any of these symptoms call and we'll look at it saying like well now you've kind of diluted the pool because there's that's can also lead to mass hysteria where you're like, I didn't think I did, but now that you mention it, I have had some ringing in my ears. So something like that, I think, could help if it was more um, streamlined. But then others said it was good that they opened it up because it allowed people that were having symptoms to receive treatment that might not have otherwise. So, Well, yeah, they didn't know where to go. Mm -hmm. Mark Zaid, who represents Madison. Our next question is from Eleanor. Thank you, Eleanor, Thank for you, writing Eleanor. in. Eleanor, I feel like this is a question that many of us have uh, oh, experienced. Okay. Eleanor writes, I'm having trouble with a mansplainer at work. Mm. I'm 39 years old, a college graduate, and a mother of two. The coworker in question is 21 years old. Ooh. And- no. Although he's he's been with the company one year more than I have, he's historically mediocre at best, where I'm his supervisor and work my whole ass off. The problem is that this person frequently tries to correct me on company standards without any knowledge to back it up, other than I thought or I was trained to. Every time this has happened, he has been wrong. Our company has an online hub that makes it super easy to verify rules and proper procedures, and it burns my ass to have this person <laughs> wasting my time and attempting to instruct other employees with BS he can't be bothered to fact check. I'm not great at being tactful when my job performance is being openly and unjustly criticized, especially by an idiot, and I'm struggling not to lose the entirety of my shit and make him cry and or lose my job. How do I say, please shut up unless you have something of value to contribute or encourage this little twat waffle to stay in his lane while keeping it professional? (laughs) Side note, I should have known we wouldn't get along when he told me he doesn't like podcasts because, quote, he doesn't like to listen to people talking. What kind of a monster? (laughs) Anyway, love (laughs) y'all. First of all, I love this email. I feel like I could have written this. Um, (laughs) We love you back, Eleanor. Yes, Eleanor. Oh, that's such an age gap to be... 
I mean, any type of mansplainer, but you just were able to drink dickhole and you you just got that right and you're gonna come at me and try and tell me i think any kind of insubordination it rubs me the wrong way big time i've managed people and when stuff like this happens you're just it's um very irksome much like the other one i think you gotta have an honest conversation about it especially because you're his supervisor you have you're well within your right uh it's almost part of your job to to say, listen, this isn't cool. Um, I mean, you have to be professional about it for sure. But these types of people that they just, it's, he doesn't want to listen to podcasts because he doesn't like to hear other people talk because he wants to hear himself talk all the time. That's this mm-hmm. type of person. You want it, you got, you don't even have anything important to say. You just got to always fucking chime in and say something. I thought, but well, yeah. no one cares about your thoughts. No. I, you're completely right. I think. I like, what is it like, there's a whole um, subreddit of like malicious compliance or my old boss uh, slash current, one of my best friends, Elise, when she was my supervisor, she would say pretty to the point things in a pretty nice way. And I think it would kind of like short circuit people's brains. What I would probably say if this were me and uh, well, first of all, instructing other employees with other with BS, I would just say, hi, your job is to do Mm -hmm. X. It's actually not to supervise. If I would appreciate if your colleagues have a question, then just go ahead and direct them to me or to so-and-so, whoever's job it is, if it's not his job. Or the hub. Um, Apparently, they got an online hub. Just go to the hub. Check the fucking hub. Check the hub. (laughs) To the hub. But I would also say, hey, whatever your name is, Chet, whatever. It is a Chet. It is a Chet, yeah. Hey, Chet. um, I noticed that you're really eager to uh, demonstrate your knowledge of company procedures. However, I've also noticed that you're not very familiar with them. And so what you could do for me going forward, if you do have something to contribute, just make sure that in advance you have citations to back up what you are thinking or what you think is appropriate. You know, we all have access to the hub. So Mm -hmm. I would just encourage you that before you tell someone about it at the risk of wasting everyone's time that you go ahead and check for yourself first. And then if it is accurate, you know, just go ahead and print it out or text, you know, if you have a group chat or an email and just email me whatever citation, uh, because I'm going to need you to go ahead and do that before you um, come at the meeting and like raise your hand before Mm -hmm. you take everyone's, you know, time or whatever. More it's like, I really appreciate your enthusiasm, but where you're actually lacking, I'm going I'm to give you a compliment sandwich. I love mm-hmm. that you're enthusiastic here. Where you're um, lacking skills is actually fact-checking what you're doing. So if you could do that, we would love to have love to have your contributions. Just make sure before you do them that mm-hmm. you actually um, yeah. are familiar with what you're talking about. And you can also frame it in a way where it seems like he's doing himself a favor. Mm-hmm. Like, I would hate for you to... Um, Give someone the the wrong procedure, and then that comes back to to bite you in the ass. So just make sure you know. So all our bases are covered. That if you have any questions and you're not a hundred percent sure, that you check the hub before giving anyone um, advice. I would also have receipts available to yourself, but I wouldn't be like, like the following three times where you fucked up. But if he is like, actually, I'm not sure what you're talking mm-hmm. about. And be like, well, last Thursday you told Brenda it was A when actually it was B. And that's going to create some issues and we're going to waste a lot of time. Then three weeks ago, you told me it was F when really it was G. So in situations like that, instead of saying I think and trying to rely on your memory, I would just encourage you to use the resources mm-hmm. we have. They're available to all of us. And I love your enthusiasm that you're looking to do something like that, which is like such a Mindy on the office when Kelly could is like, listen, I love your enthusiasm. I need you not to yell at people, though. It's like, <laughs> I love your enthusiasm. Could you actually look it up before you just spout some bullshit mm-hmm, off? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, professional, polite, and to the point is the way to handle stuff like that. I think so. And um, definitely, it's just like free to just hate on him with your friends that don't work there. Yeah, yeah. I would caution to um, act in any kind of professional manner or shit talk to other people. Like, well, did Chet tell you this? Because he does. He never knows what the fuck he's talking about because that's just going to make you look bad, especially if you're a supervisor. So, yeah. Also, just just play him this. Just sit him, Just have it on in your – be like, hey, Chet, I heard you didn't like podcasts, but um, I got something that you may want to listen to. And then just sit him down in your office and make him listen to it. Play it at your next <laughs> meeting. And um, then just say, okay, meeting adjourned. Cheers, bitches, and let everybody go. <laughs> uh, that's the best way to do it. And if he says he doesn't like to hear people talking, be like, well, I noticed you really love the sound of your own voice. <laughs> um, that's shocking to me, actually. Um, Maybe you should you start even... a podcast. And it's all about company <laughs> policy. So you need to get real familiar with them. I want you every single week to pick at least one company policy and go from there. Yeah, and do an entire hour-long episode on it. There, I've never not taught an improv class where this type of person was in it. And, oh, they just mansplain you? Or um, just the, well, such and such told us that actually the best way to like edit a scene is, I'm like, are you in such and such's class right now? I don't give a shit what such and such said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that um, I'm thinking of one person in particular that grinds my gears, um, and they uh, they sound like they and Chet would have been a good match. You're gonna have to tell me off the air. I will. I will. I'm <laughs> sure I've already spoken about this person before. <laughs> You're gonna be like, oh yeah, you've told me about that a million oh, times. Oh yeah, they suck for sure. Uh, well, yeah, you, I, think I that... definitely think have a conversation. Oh yeah, and. Uh... I just hate it because a person like this, once they've done you like dirty like this so many times, every time they come up to you, you're like, you God damn it. Yeah. Like, you just hate him. I yeah, hate it. and he's never going to be able to talk in a way that doesn't get under your skin because even if he is like, hey, um, uh, Eleanor, I so I checked the hub like you asked, and, uh, well, you know, you're going to be like, you little fuck. Just like, he's so, <laughs> it's going to sound so passive aggressive. So, Fire him. Can is that an option? Yeah. Just yeah, fire I think him. So. You yeah. have to fire him. Or hope he gets a job somewhere else. Yeah. He's just so smart and important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't take it. Well, thank you so much for writing in, Eleanor. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it and uh, love the colorful language. Trot yes. Waffle. Trot Waffle's a great one. Also, I like that I work my whole ass off. You don't hear that because you need to specify it's your whole ass. Not just I worked my ass off. It's my whole ass. Oh, she's all ass in it. Mm-hmm. Also, I love that you have confidence in your job and your ability. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Yeah. Have that confidence. That's Hell why you're yeah. a supervisor. Good job. Don't let this little jerk to mansplain Mm-mm. you. All right. Our final one is from Sirius. Double gavel. All right. This is a personal injury. We uh, The poster, the question is, is he responsible for the injury that uh, occurs to his guest at his home. Okay. To my horror, today a yellow jacket got into my apartment. <laughs> oh, my God. I just, I just take it. You probably heard me hit the mic. I just take a sip of water and I will spat it out because I'm just imagining what's happened. And it was not what I was envisioning. <laughs> I got insanely lucky that when I saw it, it was sitting on a magazine at an easy height to trap. 
I thought fast, grabbed an empty glass, and slammed it on top of the thing, screaming internally and praying that I would not trigger its rage. (laughs) I looked around very carefully, and thankfully, I didn't see any others. Meanwhile, the yellow jacket started going berserk inside the glass, so I worried the second I took the top off, it would fly out and exact its revenge on me. However, just leaving it in the glass made me incredibly squeamish. I hate bugs, and I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to hear the sounds that it was making. I just wanted it to be gone from my life and to pretend that none of this had happened. I considered just putting it in another room, but I kept catastrophic. Uh, I kept catastrophizing situations where it got out. I could also just forget it was in there. Did I write this post? God. (laughs) It's like listening to myself. This is what happens on the inside of your brain. (laughs) All the time. (laughs) I could forget it was in the other room and pick the glass up or someone could knock it over. Any number of things could go wrong. So I finally very carefully picked up the glass and the magazine underneath it. I kicked open my toilet with my foot and bam, I dropped the whole thing in there. Magazine, cup, all of it. (laughs) What a way to go about this. And then I just slammed the lid as as fast as I could. I didn't want to risk lifting the cup up and letting the yellow jacket escape before I got it in the toilet. I considered to try to shake the cup until it died or became disoriented enough to be docile, but I couldn't escape the feeling that my dumbass would lose grip of the magazine and then the motherfucker would get loose and it would be extremely (laughs) agitated. I didn't flush, of course. I couldn't, not with the whole magazine and the cup in the toilet. My logic was, eventually, the yellow jacket would fall into the water and drown. So then, in a day or two, I would open the toilet. I've got a, a bathroom in my two. room. And this is the guest bathroom. <laughs> oh, I would okay, just, okay. In a few days, I would open the bathroom to fish out the items and flush the bug corpse. Oh, God. So, I finally recovered for the most part and settled down to watch TV. A while later, a friend texted that he was in the neighborhood and asked if he could come over. I said, sure. We had some beer and watched the Olympics together. This is a good friend, close friend, not the kind of guy that's going to ask if he could use the bathroom while he's visiting. Oh, no. So a few minutes after getting there, he gets up. I didn't think anything of it because we'd both been getting up periodically to grab snacks, plug in our phones, whatever. Before I realized, it was too late. (laughs) I heard the door close, and I started to call out, Oh, hey, you should actually use the other one. But he didn't hear me. All I heard was a scream, ah! and then a crash. What a sight. You open the toilet, there's a magazine, a glass, and a yellow, pissed-off yellow jacket. The door flies open. My buddy falls out, naked from the waist down, crawling backwards. He's screaming, What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? And he's clutching his testicles. Oh, no. I had to control myself and tap into more humane urges because with the knowledge that the thing was now loose in my very large apartment, all I wanted to do was leave. But I had to help my friend. He was in serious pain. Then we had a real dilemma because he didn't want to put his balls away, but we also wanted to get out of the apartment to go outside, safe from the yellow jacket, which at this point was out for blood and could have been anywhere. My ability to remain calm in the crisis was not helped by the fact that my friend was now attacking me the whole time. He thought whatever just happened to him was some kind of fucked up prank because there was random garbage floating in the toilet and he felt like he just got an electric shock to the dick. He was hitting me with his free hand yelling, why was there a book in there? What did you do? This really fucking hurts. And oh, and so on and so on. I told him, no, no, no. There was a bee in there. It was a yellow jacket in there. And now his twisted mind jumped right to my having done it deliberately. So half naked, I'm assuming still in a lot of pain, my friend tackles me. He starts yelling, you sick fuck. Why would you put a bee in there? And all this other stuff. 
I was too horrified to try to trying to keep my friend's dick from touching me while simultaneously trying to locate the yellow jacket again. Finally, we realized we had seen it fly out of the bathroom, so it must no longer be in there. So we locked ourselves in the bathroom, and calmer, calmer heads prevailed long enough for me to explain the whole pathetic situation. The yellow menace managed to get him in the neck as well as the balls. <gasps> Damn! So he was in pain from head to toe. Luckily, he was not allergic or anything, so he was able to get home just fine. With as a an swollen awful- nut, and <laughs> you can't barely swallow. <laughs> Ugh. As an added awful fucking bonus to this mess up of mine is that while I do know how to t- tell yellow jackets from hornets and hornets from honeybees, I didn't know that they don't all leave stingers behind. And I was taught that if you're stung, the first thing you should do is try to remove the stinger by any means necessary to stop the transmission of venom. I spent a good 10 to 15 minutes massaging my buddy's ball sack until we <laughs> thought to Google what happens if I can't remove a yellow jacket stinger and learned that they do not leave anything in the skin. <laughs> That's your that's your payment for what you've done. That's right. <laughs> it was a painful and awkward night all around. The yellow jacket is still in my apartment somewhere. I fucked up the moment. I didn't just kill the thing when I had the chance. Uh, am I responsible for my <laughs> buddy's injuries? The craziest part of this is why wouldn't you have just opened your front door and set all of this outside? Set the magazine with the glass and the yellow jacket on the porch, on your balcony, and then be done with it. To to go to the toilet would have been my last... To drop all of that in the toilet would not never. have even occurred to me. I would never. I would never. <laughs> That's so wild to do that. And then I would never <laughs> massage my buddy's balls. I mean, you can massage your own balls. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if he was not massaging it in a, like, let me make him feel better way. But, I mean, if you're trying to get a stinger out, I imagine your face is down there and you're trying to, like, pinch yeah. the skin. No, I didn't like, think he was doing it just to be nice. I assumed it yep. was for medical purposes. But even then, <laughs> I think I would have been like, we're going to go to the urgent care. I'm not going <sighs> to I'm not gonna do this. Are you they responsible? They have those, like, magnifying glasses, the urgent care. Man. I... Um... I think you kind of are because you you set that whole thing up. You got to I mean, I would have the second a friend came over, that would have been the first thing I would have been talking about because it would have been so crazy. Like, you know, so the forgetting about it, that's kind of on him. And then. The nuts and the neck from nuts to neck, man. That's what that yellow jacket said. <laughs> got him twice damn what a i to be a yellow jacket on the wall when he opened that toilet lid and if you liked what you heard consider supporting the show on patreon by clicking link in the episode description or heading to sinisterhood.com and clicking patreon in the top banner thanks for listening and keep it creepy Sin-